Hi, welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Mark Van Engela. I'll be hosting the podcast today together with Frank. Uh, I look after emerging technologies for CGI in Western Canada and I have a long background in the energy sector. So very excited about our topic today. Uh, we're been going to be focusing on hydrogen and lessons learned from the European market and how we can apply that to the North American context. So uh, welcome, Frank. Maybe you want to quickly introduce yourself. Yeah. Hello, uh, Frank Zend, my name. I'm acting VP for Emerging Technologies here in the BU Germany West, uh, part of the comms, media and utilities sector. Excellent. So we'll, we'll have a discussion today and really around kind of the state of hydrogen and kind of maybe getting some lessons learned from what's happening in the European market and, and see what we can apply. Lots of uh, focus on that in North America, of course. But maybe, Frank, you can, you can start with kind of sharing what's going on with hydrogen in, in Europe and, and what do you see as the key activities? Yeah, currently um, there are 35 hydrogen valleys established. The majority of them is here in Europe, uh, 24 of them. And these hydrogen valleys, they are supposed to simulate uh, the hydrogen ecosystem, the value chain from production via storage, transport to the different means of consumption. And, and that is to learn about the technology, but also how the value chain might work. That is one thing that we see here in, in Europe, uh, establishing more and more. And um, on the same page, there, there's the hydrogen backbone form. There are 31 TSOs, transport service operators here in Europe, which uh, um, yeah, were working on an idea of the hydrogen backbone, how to transport the hydrogen from the different supplies uh, to the industries which have the biggest need of hydrogen. And uh, this has even been um, speed up because of the Ukraine war. And uh, the TSOs understood that, have, that they have to be faster, that their targets for 2030 and for 2040 uh, have to be increased yeah, in terms of pipelines that uh, are needed for hydrogen. And, uh, and then there are lots of events uh, around hydrogen here in Europe. Uh, so nearly every week there is uh, something where you can uh, network and networking is very important because uh, yeah, everybody has some different insights yeah, into different hydrogen areas. Yeah, no, and that, that whole um, understanding what the infrastructure is, the acceleration uh, is definitely key. What, what, what are some of the lessons learned you're seeing from all these kind of new groups and, and new focus areas in Europe? Like what are some pitfalls and lessons learned that we can get from that? Um, yeah, one learning is, of course, there's a lot of focus on technology at the moment for electrolyzers, but also fuel cells. Uh, and also the way how to transport hydrogen and, and how to use the different storage facilities. And currently there's a big pressure on, on natural gas due to the war and uh, getting more independent from Russia. And that's why yeah we have to be faster now. And uh, I think one thing that uh, some companies uh, don't put into priority right now is thinking about the IT how to deal with this new product hydrogen within their IT landscape and how to deal not only with hydrogen, but also about carbon dioxide, yeah, which um, might be uh, captured and stored. Yeah, so that is one thing. And, and then another big area is the, the regulation, which is not clear yet. 
it doesn't have to be the same as for natural gas. And in at least in Germany, there's a quite heavy regulation. So certain companies allowed, are not allowed to do certain things or do two things in parallel. We don't know yet if that will be the same for hydrogen. And of course, that has an impact on investments. Um, and, and that's why companies investing into hydrogen, big companies like RWE or OGE, they are really demanding politics um, yeah, to get forward with regulation. Yeah, so you see these organizations pushing the boundary a bit and therefore kind of, um, kind of asking or forcing for these, some of these regulatory changes to get more efficiencies. Do you, have a, do you have an example with one of those clients where we've done some work before and, and helped in the IT space? Yeah, for example, we have a discussion about uh, blue hydrogen. Yeah, So the hydrogen generated from gas, but where the carbon dioxide that is then created is captured. Yeah, And uh, the question is, uh, do we need that? Um, of course, everybody is, is striving for green hydrogen, so created out of renewables. But uh, everybody knows that uh, we won't have enough green hydrogen uh, from the start. And we might have these kind of bridging technologies like blue hydrogen um, yeah, to get forward and also to make use then of, of the fuel cells and the, the rest of the technology. But, but these decisions have to be taken because then you need different kind of infrastructure to support this blue hydrogen. Yeah? And these are things where decisions have to be made. Yeah, that's where I see kind of, uh, you know, there's quite some value. If I look at the Canadian market, a lot of that infrastructure already exists uh, for for gas um, and uh, and lots of experience in that space. So I can see why there's the attention for hydrogen and the interest to do that, as well as everybody having their goals for 20 by 2030 or 2050 to, to be aligned to that. So agree with you, kind of we should strive for green, but it's it realistically there's going to be a transition period where we're going to have to take something into account, yeah. Yeah, and, and even the discussion about nuclear power is, is um, continuing, yeah. So in, in, in Germany, we basically wanted to get rid of it, uh, but now uh, it's in discussion if we should use that uh, to create, uh, to produce hydrogen, yeah. And then we have a pink hydrogen, uh, it's partly green, yeah. Uh, even though we don't have any solution for the yeah, final storage of, of the, the yeah, nuclear elements, but that is in discussion. So another area where we need a decision, yeah, and how to get forward. Yeah, and and of course that has an impact then on the infrastructure. Currently, uh, many plans are, or the majority of the plan is that um, the renewables energy is coming from the offshore wind parks or from, from uh, abroad, from Australia or Africa, where there's enough uh, solar power. But if we decide to go for nuclear again, then you need different infrastructure to different places. Yeah, I see that as a, as a theme for, for definitely for Europe, where there's kind of that small nuclear facilities that, that uh, are looking for a different future and to be able to just to leverage that. Again, looking at existing infrastructure and what you can do we can then look at kind of what's happening in North America, we see, you know, lots of gas pipelines, etc., already existing for the vast uh, geographies that we have here to cover and being able to leverage uh, a lot of those assets. So you see uh, 
various organizations here that enable that kind of um, pipeline and uh, transportation, etc., are really looking uh, quite closely to hydrogen, hydrogen, as well as government opening investments in that space, as they do see that as a as an interesting alternative um, compared to what's going on today. So when we look at kind of the IT aspect, which you were talking about before, what are some of the things you're noticing there? Are we, are we using different type of technology? Do we need to retrofit existing technology? I think most of the stakeholders have the challenge that they have a legacy IT, which is uh, fit to natural gas yeah, over the past 20 years, whatever. And um, similar to telecommunications, uh, this has been growing and growing and is quite clumsy and it's difficult to update now to the new product hydrogen. And somehow you have to deal with that. Yeah, And uh, currently the amount of transaction is quite limited, uh, but it will grow. And so the question from the stakeholders is, do I deal with Excel? Do I use my legacy IT or do I use something new? Yeah, And that is where we are coming into the picture as CGI, uh, as we have a very uh, scalable and lean solution, uh, which fits perfectly in there. And um, our strategy, what we propose to the clients is to start with a hybrid IT. Yeah, so to keep the legacy IT to run the, the let's say, legacy business and to use our IT to cover the new one, not only hydrogen, maybe also carbon. Uh, and then uh, by time shift uh, assets or functions from legacy to this new IT. And then within a course of two, three years, you might have a, a new, fresh IT. Yeah, so definitely leading to some application modernization discussions, understanding the roadmap, uh, the scale, how things are growing. There's also a bit of a data play, right? Where where we're you know we've got our legacy systems where we capture also you know ESG related information. We've got then the the, the potentially new applications that look after hydrogen, and it still needs to be pulled together somewhere. Um, how do you see that from a data perspective? Yeah, of course, data gets more and more important. Unfortunately, what we see uh, in the traditional oil and gas companies here in, in Europe or in Germany, management didn't understand yet where is the um, advantage of collecting data and having everything in one place. Uh, the IT departments, they have understood yeah, and they would like to go for this change, but they have to internally convince their business to go into that direction. Yeah, and and uh, projects like uh, Gaia X or uh, our pivot solution might help in that area. That yeah, we come to a to an agreed uh, data model. Yeah, or where then different applications can work with. I agree, and I think what I see here in North America, anyway, there's a lot again a lot of that existing infrastructure. Lots of organizations have been investing heavily in things like data lakes and trying to understand their their asset performance. Uh, trying to build in automation on top of those data sets. And uh, I think the timing for hydrogen is, is good from that aspect because it's got a lot of you know technology advances and data advances it can kind of lean on so we can make the technology even more um, efficient uh, than perhaps it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you need, uh, I mean, we talk also about sector coupling. Yeah, that becomes more and more important. Uh, you need to know what's going on in the other grids. Yeah, electricity, gas, hydrogen. You need to uh, have uh, decision points when to produce hydrogen. 
yeah, when it is better to ingest the electricity into the grid or when it is better to produce hydrogen. And for that, uh, data is essential. Yeah. Yeah, lots of opportunities there to, to do, like you said, cross-sector. I think individual companies are starting to work there, but that kind of the data sharing, um, having that automated connectivity, I think is going to be a key part of the future here. Um, and hydrogen will be pushing that agenda forward for sure. Yeah. So what do you see some of the key kind of evolutions from a technology perspective? New, do you see kind of the rise of new platforms, new SaaS solutions uh, for hydrogen? What, what do you see happening in Europe? Mm, yeah, as I said, the digitalization part is, is uh, not on the priority so far here. It's currently very much about technology. Uh, last week, we have been in Rotterdam on um, the World Hydrogen Summit. 90% of the Exhibitors were technology companies showing the highest uh, or the, the newest uh, trends in technology. Is it fuel cells or electrolyzers and, and, and transport and storage in between? Digitalization, uh, we were the only uh, company yeah, um, being there and uh, working on digitalization and system integration stuff. But uh, what we see, um, what is needed is exactly what we talked about before. So having the ability to work with the data that you collected and, and creating the yeah, best decisions out of it. Yeah? Um, and so data lakes will become more and more popular. Machine learning is a very important aspect. Um, I mean, the, you have to take into account so many attributes like the weather forecast, the, the market price, the stock market price, the demand and supply of hydrogen and other energy sources. So you need to be able to work with the data real time. Yeah, the, the energy and utility sector will uh, see a, dr a drastic change or a drastic increase of machine learning and data scientists in that area. Yeah, and definitely we see that already here in North America growing. Uh, some organizations are just starting on the journey. Some have been on it for several years in order to you know start to do leverage AI machine learning on their data sets, start to do more streaming so we can give it back to the operational folks. Um, also see the increase of kind of satellite information to make sure, you know, the, the safety of the pipelines and the integrity is there. Uh, we see the same continuing for, for hydrogen as more of a, another type of asset uh, with some small uh, changes that would need to take place. But they have a lot of good foundation to build on, I think. But they still need to think through it in order to get, uh, you know, get the advantages uh, new technology, more costs. There is some government funding, you know, becoming available for certain organizations to speed up this journey. So, um, so I think that's a good start. How do you see that in Europe? Kind of where is that? Where is the industry heading towards? Uh, is is it still heavily kind of government pushed, or are you seeing organizations seeing the business case themselves to move more towards hydrogen? Yeah, I think currently due to the Ukraine war, the politics are much more involved and they are under pressure to create the framework so that the companies can operate within these frameworks and then and, and is guidance needed. There are investments needed. These investments need to be secured by, by regulations. Um, I think it's both. Yeah, But we see that the big companies here, they have already been pre-investing into hydrogen quite much. Now everybody is uh, waiting yeah, to hydrogen really taking up, and, but this will now be drastically 
enforced and the marathon uh, what we what we talked about maybe uh, three months ago is is turning into a sprint yeah in, in a sense of speed uh, that's good and actually i see something similar here in north america where it's a mixture of um kind of governments uh pushing more and getting more funds allocated just to, to make sure we hit the goals for 2030 uh, that were set, as well as organizations uh, that have set their own goals, um, that they want to be more sustainable, they want to be net zero, etc. And I see that definitely over the last kind of year or two, quite some acceleration in that space. Uh, for example, uh, you know, CP Rail um, getting their uh, locomotives uh, hydrogen enabled. Um, that's part of a company's vision and therefore striving towards that with some good collaborations. And that again, drives the need for more hydrogen. So we have other asset type companies that are now wanting to uh, make sure they, they are part of that supply chain as well, right? So that drive for 2030 goals or ambitions that people have said are changing. And I think like you described in Europe, the political environment is accelerating that. Yeah, and we saw, for example, in Norway, uh, where they heavily invested in the electricity infrastructure to promote um, electric vehicles, Yeah, and uh, they managed to get to a rate of, I don't know, even above 50% yeah, uh, electric vehicles right now. In Germany, this is still lacking behind because the infrastructure is not on the same level. And the same applies to hydrogen. Yeah, If there is no infrastructure, then uh, you can't cover demand and supply. Yeah, I see that as, as, a, as a challenge here in North America just because of the geography. But a lot of the infrastructure is being um, worked on. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of gas-related infrastructure that can potentially be reused. Um, so, But it's a big puzzle, right? It's a large geography here. Uh, lots of, you know, different handoff points from different organizations. Um, so lots of collaboration would be needed to, to make sure that that works end to end. So. We have the same challenge in, in Europe between the countries. They have to work together now. Um, this has to be established. So networking even has to increase between the TSOs, for example, because they have to build um, hydrogen backbone. Yeah? And somehow they have to agree upon their plans. And I mean, they could start with uh, uh, adding uh, hydrogen to the natural gas. 10% is possible yeah, within existing infrastructure. And that would already reduce the carbon footprint by by ten percent. Yeah, so there are ways also to to get to that number uh, with not too much invest. Yeah, no, that's part of. There's some collaboration here with organizations that want to indeed uh, do up to twenty percent of hydrogen as part of it. Um, and like I said, because there's already lots of gas infrastructure and focus on that, there's that's a good opportunity to to meet the targets or at least get closer to them. Mm -hmm. yeah great anything else you want to share on kind of europe and and some perspectives and things you think we can learn in north america yeah as said i mean currently the pressure is is very high uh, to get rid of the natural gas um, and get faster into renewables i think the the question where does the renewable energy come from um, has to be answered fast i mean we have countries like denmark or ireland uh, which are very uh, they they have good uh, ways to produce green energy and i think we shouldn't look at at a country level only but in europe as a total and um, 
I mean, especially we in Germany, we are the biggest polluters, uh, so to say. We have the biggest carbon footprint due to our heavy industry. So we have a lot of needs for um, yeah, hydrogen. And, and I think the same applies to um, the states, yeah, where you have different uh, countries with different uh, focus and priorities. So I think their collaboration is, is very much needed. And infrastructure investments have to be secured. Um, there were some takeaways from the wind meets gas uh, in 2021 in October uh, that, uh, yeah, we need more of the same, um, meaning hydrogen valleys. So these uh, small ecosystems where we uh, plan and, and, and test all the different aspects. And I think that is something that uh, could be applied to the states as well. We need to interconnect the valleys. By, by that, the backbone will uh, increase. And uh, we need to also have innovative de-risking financing models um, to, to get forward. And uh, we have to create awareness. I mean, okay, that awareness is now here. Everybody in Europe understood that we have to go this way. So that has happened, I think. Yeah, and no, I agree with you. Like it's a, it's a lot about the puzzling, right? And and thinking of a roadmap. So some regions there there may be a, a lot of water that you know we can do electrolysis on. Others there's less water, uh, but there's more sun, so we may need to, you know be able to do kind of green hydrogen there. Um, but how that all works together and how you know the assets and the infrastructure needs to be able to talk to each other, I think is going to be a key puzzle that we need strong partnerships and collaboration on in order to, to get the best. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that comes to my mind that might be applied as well to um, North America, we just established a hydrogen hub with the target to use the innovation power from startups and uh, yeah, ingest that into the um, energy and utilities market, uh, use it uh, to foster the hydrogen production. They come up with, with new ideas that worked in the digitalization area quite well. Uh, currently, there are not too many uh, hydrogen startups, uh, but in Europe, we have around about 160 to 180. And uh, it helps the, yeah, to increase the pressure on the industry, also to help them partly to get to more innovative solutions and and this network we would like to grow yeah and it doesn't have to stop in europe level i mean that could be uh, done cross atlantic as well well great I, th I think you know there's lots of opportunity for collaboration there's lots of um, kind of technology advances that can be leveraged but still need to be thought through how that applies to to hydrogen um, you know, how, how does that relate to existing kind of asset optimization? How does it link to existing data lakes, uh, as well as some of the transactional application um, systems and modernization that we were talking about earlier? Uh, so, yeah, lots of opportunities to focus on. Uh, I think it will go faster because we have, you know, learned so much from the other parts of the energy, energy industry. And it's more of a question of how does this apply to hydrogen or how can we make this work for hydrogen as well versus let's try a new technology or, or let's figure things out uh, from an IT perspective. So great. I want to thank you for your time, Frank. Yeah, welcome. Any last uh, kind of uh, lessons you want to share with us on this podcast today? Yeah, I think that the four main major words uh, that maybe uh, bring the market forward is funding, regulation, innovation, and networking. Very true. Well, thanks for your time, Frank. Welcome. And look forward to the next one. Bye.